Persia, today known as Iran, an exotic land of carpets, cats, poems of lyrical splendor, the striking Jewish beauty Queen Esther, Scheherazade's A Thousand and One Nights, and Holocaust cartoons. Holocaust cartoons? In 2006, the government Iran hosted an unconventional cartoon contest. It was the first of several contests that offered awards for the best satirical cartoon mocking the Holocaust. Entries poured in from all over the world. Some cartoons cast Jews as Nazis or ghouls or vampires. Others lampooned the German charnel houses, such as Auschwitz. Others still skewer Jews for cashing in on the Holocaust to financially enrich themselves. What on earth happened? To understand the full story, let's go to Europe in 2005. The Danish newspaper Jillian's Posten, or JP, commissioned cartoonists to satirize Mohammed, the most important and last prophet of Islam. The purpose was to protest a generalized fear of having fun with Islam, or in any way criticizing the religion's prophet. Cartoonists poke fun at elements of Christianity and Judaism, so... Why not Islam? The JP's political editor, Fleming Rose, anticipated some controversy, and initially he welcomed it. He and other cartoonists would take a moral stand. For centuries, European cartoonists were likened to today's edgy stand-up comics. They intended to be provocative and push the envelope of permissible satire and parody. In Britain, Vanity Fair published color caricatures of important men and women. In France, Henri Dumier ridiculed royalty with his sketchings. German cartoonists took great risk even before the Nazis when they used their pens as weapons against authority. Sometimes cartoons did turn public opinion. In the 1930s, David Lowe's cartoons of Hitler helped shake Britain out of a pacifism, while those of Nazi Julius Streicher stirred national homicidal anti-Semitism. America, too, has a satirical tradition in comics. But to the best of my knowledge, no celebrity cartoonist openly or widely mocked Mohammed. Also, until the mid-20th century, there weren't many Muslims in Europe or in the United States. Then came the Danish cartoon crisis, which set passions aflame throughout the Islamic world. Muslims attacked Danish embassies and symbols of the West. Immediately, Western political leaders proffered forced apologies, and media outlets promised to be more sensitive when in any way portraying the prophet of Islam. We are sorry, we are sorry. Nevertheless, angry Muslims killed over a hundred people during the protests, and Westerners connected with the cartoons went into hiding for a long time. Iran, too, offered a competition of its own. And this was the first international Holocaust cartoon contest, which was co-sponsored by the House of Cartoons and Hamshahari, a popular newspaper. Here you see people milling around some of the pictures. Iran publicized the event and invited politicians and celebrities from all over the world to come to Tehran during the contest. They calculated that foreign dignitaries would boost the credibility of the contest. Iran's foreign minister invited British Prime Minister Tony Blair, 
the prime minister did not attend. But why did Iran respond so asymmetrically by snickering at the Holocaust? Why wouldn't Iranians sponsor a cartoon contest centered on Denmark or European values? Why didn't they target a king or a queen or a prime minister or the pope or just about anything besides the Holocaust? There are two likely answers. First, there was the obsession of Supreme Leader Ali Khamenei, who claimed that Jews were behind the Danish cartoons. He said, that's what this is about. It's the handiwork of Zionists. A second reason was Iran's claim that the Holocaust was holy to the West. After all, it is illegal to deny it in many European countries. If the West can demean Islam's holy of holies, Iran can certainly mock the dead Jews of Europe. The Holocaust is an obsessive theme in Iranian political culture. Shown here is the release of a cartoon book on the Holocaust. It could have been worse. Leaders of the Islamic Republic of Iran are not known for their sense of humor, particularly parodies of Mohammed. Ayatollah Khomeini ordered the death of Solomon Rushdie, who snickered at Mohammed in the Satanic Verses. Khomeini put out a contract on him. Any Muslim who killed the author would be awarded a million dollars. The Islamic Republic has its own cartoon tradition, of sorts. Soon after the Ayatollah Khomeini took power, Iranian state-controlled media outlets began vilifying Jews. Children's cartoons depicted Jews as pigs, apes, vampires. Themes in television talk shows and literary coffee clutches include Jewish vampirism and classic blood libels. Iranian clergy recycled ancient accusations of Jews persecuting Mohammed. Today, the word Jew is hurled as a slur in Iranian political discourse. The words Jew and Zionist are used interchangeably and contemptuously. The embodiment of Jewish evil is in the Jewish state, Israel. To accompany the contest, Iran hosted a conference on the Holocaust and Jewish conspiracies also in 2006. Topics included Israeli villainy and the conviction that the Jews are responsible for all the world's major troubles. An eclectic parade of speakers stood at the podium and offered Jewish intrigue theories and indictments against the world's Jews. Speakers included Ku Klux Klan leader David Duke and former French professor Robert Forisson. The first prize went to Moroccan cartoonist Abdella Derkawi whose drawings featured an Israeli crane constructing a wall around Jerusalem's Dome of the Rock. A concentration camp is painted on the wall, as is shown here. He received $12,000 in cash, and his work was prominently displayed in the Palestinian Museum of Contemporary Art in Tehran. Brazilian Carlos Latouf and French Francois Prichard jointly won a second prize of $8,000. They were an unconventional political pair. Latouf is a well-known hard-left critic of Israel who has a fan base in the United States. Two of his admirers are Congresswoman Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib. Latouf later depicted Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and President Donald Trump with their hands over Tlaib and Omar's mouths. In contrast to the left-wing Latouf, Pritchard is a French right-wing political cartoonist and illustrator of children's books. 
1994, she was found guilty of provoking, quote, discrimination, hatred, and racial violence. Iran's Sharam Razai received $5,000 for third place. Throughout the world, there was immediate revulsion at the contest. Germans were particularly vocal about their outrage, and most other government spokesmen and spokeswomen called the event tasteless, sick, revolting, and disgusting. The J.P.'s Fleming Rose refused to apologize for the drawings. He had no regrets, despite the sleepless nights he endured. The United States Senate passed a resolution condemning the conference. The full resolution had a lot of whereases in it. Whereas President Dwight Eisenhower stated unequivocally, after visiting Nazi death camps in 1945, the things I saw beggar description. Then came the full-throated condemnation. Characteristic of her upbeat persona, Oprah Winfrey offered a more positive response that stressed humanity. She hosted a school essay contest on the relevance of Nobel laureate Elie Wiesel's memoir, Night, which recounted his Holocaust trauma. The 50 winners appeared in her show to be handed $10,000 scholarships. Predictably, the conference did not go over very well in Jewish circles. Some organizers responded with outrage, a few others with satirical self-mockery. A Matai Sandy, an illustrator and publisher of Demona Comics, a group of Tel Aviv cartoonists, sponsored a competition for the best anti-Semitic cartoon drawn by a Jewish artist. Sandy explained, Nobody can make better jokes about Jews than Jews themselves. The winning entry depicted a violinist atop the Brooklyn Bridge with the Twin Towers collapsing in the background. And Iran? Ever defiant, its leaders doubled down with more Holocaust denial and announced that it would build an Iranian Holocaust Studies Museum. Organizers said that its main office will temporarily be housed in Tehran and it will eventually be moved to Berlin. As of this writing, no German educational or political authority has publicly shown any interest of own taking ownership of that museum. How successful was the 2006 contest? Iranian leaders certainly received the international attention they sought. In succeeding years, Iran hosted cartoon contests and conferences satirizing the Holocaust and international Jewry. In February 2013, Tehran hosted a conference on Hollywoodism and cinema, which focused on Hollywood's purported control of the world's entertainment. Roundtables compared similarities of Nazism and Zionism, and the panels mulled over Israeli crimes throughout the world. There was another contest in 2016, which was a response to the French satirical weekly Charlie Hebdo's announcement that it would republish the cartoons of Mohammed, and another contest took place in 2020 under the name Palestine is Not Alone. The contest announcement called for artists to target the United Arab Emirates and Bahrain because of their apparent overtures to Israel. Today, anti-Semitism pervades many elements of Iranian society. Children are indoctrinated through school, cartoons, and song. Please note this cartoon, which is one of thousands on the screen or in their books. Anti-Semitism is spread throughout all elements of civic and religious education. It is part of life in Iran.
And for tomorrow's artistic contests, who knows?